Good evening. This is Jerry and Brenda with Gems and Nuggets of Truth. And we're broadcasting from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It is 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And yep, we're on the road again. We're traveling again. But here's my wife, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. Well, good evening once again. Again, uh, just want to reiterate that Brenda and I are traveling. We're in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, uh, not too far from Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We spent uh, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, with my grandson and granddaughter-in-law, and we had a wonderful time in Birmingham, Alabama, and got a grand tour from the from those two around the city and had a great dinner and just a lot of good conversation. So it just, it was a real privilege to be able to spend some time with those guys. Well, last week we wound up speaking about the rapture of the church. And as you remember, we talked about the church of Laodicea. Laodicea was a church that represents the time period of which we now live in from about 1900 to today, which was the lukewarm church. And I'm not going to go back into talking about that at all. Uh, you, we are in that kind of a period where uh, truth is what you make of it. And everyone has an opinion of truth. And uh, <clears throat> according to the political correctness, uh, that's okay. Uh, I don't believe that because that's what the Bible says. So tonight we're going to start out on uh, on. Uh, Chapter 4. Now, chapter 4 is about, um, let me just read one verse, chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must 
be hereafter. In other words, the angel, the loud voice told John that um, I, I'm going to open up the doors for you. I'm going to show you what, what's coming up. And he was talking about it as we go through the book of Revelation. We're going to talk about what is awaiting for those that did not get caught up in the rapture. We, as the ones that got caught up in the rapture, the born-again believers, we are going to be in the throne room of Christ. We're going to be in heaven. Now, once we're there, Regardless of what you hear, you know, we're all going to be judged. We are all going to be judged. There's two kinds of judgments, and I talked about this, I believe, last week and a week before. There's the great white throne judgment, which is going to happen to to the unsaved after the thousand-year reign, after the rapture, after the uh, tribulation, after the thousand-year reign, after the millennial reign. Then the great white throne judgment comes. And this is for all the unbelievers. We are going to be judged, even those of us that are going to be in the throne room of Christ. We're going to be judged according to how we have lived our lives as Christians. Let me rephrase that. How we have lived our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. The word Christian is a pretty, it is going to be a, a real loose word. People will say, like, are you a Christian? Well, I'm not a Jew and I'm not a, a Muslim, so yeah, I guess I'm a Christian. That doesn't fly. That that does not fly. We have got to get to the point in our lives that we as born-again believers, followers of Jesus Christ, are locked in to what Jesus is teaching us in the Holy Scriptures. I have emphasized and try to re-emphasize over and over and over again that we cannot be a lukewarm Christian. I, I'm going to go back to uh, the time of the Civil War. And there, we, we went to a, pro, uh, a uh, program today where uh, they talked about the Civil War and a lot of the truth that this gentleman talked about was what he dug out of the archives in Washington, D.C., written by the hands of the people that made the rules back in 1860 and 1861, which have all been watered down in today's society. Now, what he, what he talked about was um, what Abraham Lincoln said and what, what he wrote out. My point is this. Are we going to be a followers of Christ? Are we going to be what the, the word was back in the Civil War days? A mugwump. You heard me right. Mugwump. M-U-G-W-U-M-P. Mugwump. What a mugwump was, was someone that belonged to the Republican Party but voted Democrat because he didn't like the Republican candidate. He became what they coined as a mugwump. What it meant was he had his mug on one side of the fence and his wump on the other. And that was, you can look that up. That's actually what happened. I call them today, I call them fence setters. They're sitting on the fence. They're not really sure. 
are you am I are, yeah I guess I'm a Christian well yeah I'm kind of a Christian they're walking with one foot in the world and one foot in the church a fence setter my advice to a fence setter is this be careful because the devil owns the fence so what we've got to do is we've got to believe what Jesus Christ says that I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except by me now when we are judged in the throne room of Christ again I'm going to reiterate we are not going to be kicked out of the throne room because we have done something a little bit wrong no we're there because we have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ and I'm going to get this from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. I want you to follow along on this one. For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, now get these last three, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. What it boils down to is this. If we do not do what glorifies God, it is wood, hay, and stubble. Let me say that again. Wood, hay, and stubble is anything we do on this earth as a born-again believer that does not glorify God. That should cause us to pause a moment, take a look in the mirror and say, how am I living my life? I'm not saying by any stretch of imagination you have to walk around and never smile with an armband on that says, look at me, I'm a Christian, or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that how are we spending our time? Are we into the Scripture? Not only reading the Scripture, but studying the Scripture. Are we supporting our house of worship? Are we supporting the ministry, the elder brethren? Are we supporting what God has in His Word? Read James the book of James, read read all that in the epistles. And it talks about how we should live our life. People say, well, yeah, what, what, what would Jesus do? Let me tell you what. Jesus did not back off. He told he called the, the, the uh, Sadducees and Pharisees, he called them hypocrites. He called them this. He called them whited tombs. They look good on the outside but on the inside, they're full of dead man's bones. We need to be careful. We need to be careful how we live our life. Let me continue on. John is now transferred to heaven. He sees the things which are going to come after, hereafter. The things coming hereafter is what John saw and what he wrote was about the tribulation. Now, I'm going to go through a little bit about the tribulation and when does that happen? I might have done this before, but I think it's so important to repeat this because we need to get this into our mind. Uh, 
But right now what John saw was what's going to happen in the tribulation. <clears throat> now in verse um, verse 4, he talks about the 24 elders. The 24 elders are representative of the church. There was a time when I, when I thought that the 24 elders represented the 12 apostles and and the, the 12 elders represented um, the churches. As I studied the word, I'm saying, no, I don't think that, that doesn't seem right because the different versions, the different things I've studied said that the 24 elders are the elders of the church that were raptured into heaven. Verse 5. Verse 5 speaks of um, the seven spirits of God. What are the seven spirits of God? It's all laid out in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. They're the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Those are what the seven spirits of God are. And with those seven spirits that it indwelled in each one of us, we really can't go wrong. Verses 6 and 7 in, uh, in Revelations speak of the beast, speaks of the four beasts. The first beast, it says, is like a lion. This represents strength. The second beast, I'll go through, I'll explain what the beasts are. The second beast is like a calf representing service. The third beast had the face of a man, which represents intelligence. The fourth beast represents the wings of an eagle, which represents swiftness. These four beasts are actually four angels, and they're the angels of God. And when you go through verses 8 through 11, the remainder of the chapter, it's all about worshiping God, the creator of everything. Okay, now, <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to go through the crowns. There are five crowns awaiting believers. We're going to receive one or all of them. I would assume we're going to see at least one. And they're going to be based on how we have lived our life for Christ. There's a crown of victory. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 25. Know ye not that they which run a in a race run out... I'm sorry, let me read that again. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the master is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible there's a crown of rejoicing. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? That's where we're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice because we're ready for the coming of Christ. There's a crown of righteousness. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. That day is the day when we are standing before the throne. And not only to me only, 
but to all them also that love his appearing. See, we that are born again believers and we're ready for the return of Christ, we're looking forward to his appearing. Those that are not redeemed, those that are not been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, they're fearing his return. The crown of glory, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall also receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And the last crown is a crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. <clears throat> Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and that you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I shall give you a crown of life. <clears throat> I might have talked about, uh, those are the five crowns, but I might have talked about the rapture previous to this, but I want to reiterate something. There is difference of opinions when the rapture is coming, and I think this is so important. Some say it's going to happen before the tribulation. Some say it's going to happen mid-tribulation after the first three and a half years. And some say it's going to happen at the end of the tribulation. I believe the Bible points out very clearly when the rapture is going to happen. Now, this is not my opinion. I'm going to read it from the Bible. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So as Lot was spared from Sodom and Gomorrah, so will the righteous be spared from the tribulation. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 8. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, <coughs> and to receive and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. 1 Corinthians 15.52 In a moment, in a twink of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And verse, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. This definitely... To me, it definitely refers to the time beyond the age of the church. The last final thought on that is this. The church is the bride of Christ. If the church is the bride of Christ, I doubt very much that Christ is going to allow his bride, his wife, to go through the tribulation. The tribulations are going to be horrendous on earth for those that are left for those that have not been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ so I hope this all makes some sense to you uh, look it up read reread the scriptures but I believe that what I've read points to the truth of what God's word says and that is the crowns uh, the, the, um, the rapture the throne room of Christ. As born-again believers, that's where we're going to spend our eternity. So thank you for listening. Let's close this with a prayer. Our great God in heaven, we're so thrilled, absolutely thrilled, to know that we are the children of the living God. 
<coughs> we are brothers and sisters to Christ. We're students of the Holy Spirit. Give us the godly wisdom to live our life according to the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures are faultless. The Holy Scriptures are eternal life. Even as I said before, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So, Father, we just ask you to bless the words that were spoken tonight. We thank you, Father, we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.